evening. Welcome to the People's Show. Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics. Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet. What are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Bic Nazar here with you. Dom, Ben, running the show behind the glass. You guys are right back there? That was a stare down of epic proportions. Yeah. That was, we that were was, wondering what we were waiting for. Oh, we're that vibes, was fierce. We're vibes. Oh, okay. I just, I just want to make sure the vibes are good. Love is in the air the communication today. is good behind the glass. Okay. Let's just put it that way. All right, all right. I, I saw fist pumps for the show intro, and then just like- It's the best show intro on the station. Some some death stares from- uh, Death stare? I don't know about from death stares. No, no death stares. Oh, no. Okay. Just happy to be here. From, it's my brother, from, man. From this side of the glass, it uh, looked that way. Ben, you want to comment on that? That's my brother, too. <laughs> Uh, 650, 650, you're the people. You got to line into the show as well, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Also and the 604. phones. There you go. 650. There you go. I knew what was going on here. Don't worry. Don't worry. Let me work. Let me hit your line. Go off, Let King. me cook. Uh, 650, 650 also, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver. Online at Dunbar lumber.com we'll talk to ian mcintyre the triple threat later on in the show i uh, will call him down the dispatch plumbing and heating air conditioning hotline the first call the only call canucks win last night wrap up the road trip three one one a stellar road trip and you know that one in the l column not the otl the l column you know it, it hit hard because it was the four nothing against boston but they come up with 7 of 10 points. 70% of the job done on the road. Uh, they come back home for a quick uh, two-game sample. Feels like it's a six-game road trip. Pop in here, get the home game against Winnipeg, back out for another three-gamer. The advantages they are going to have in the back half of the season while, yeah, some teams are trying to track them down, but the nine-game homestand looms large to get this team some rest. Uh, and 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 you know lead into the playoffs feeling good. They haven't been home since the before oh, the All Star break. Right? What was it the Columbus game? Yeah, it's been a while. It's it, been eighty four years. It, seriously though, it's been what three weeks before the next home game, yeah. right? Because they'll play uh, tomorrow. So I haven't a, seen Murph in a month because I work with him. That's a uh, it's a tough one, man. It is. Need to see Murph every once in a little sprinkle of Murph, and there yeah. you go. Like, your mood improves. I, I've noticed over the last yeah. three weeks, you've been uh, grouchier than normal. It's no true. comment. That no must comment. be pretty grouchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ben. I am ten grit. Yeah. Uh, six fifty, six fifty. First text in here. Castlemania, brother. That was a terrible. That, no, it was good. It was, it was, it was, you right. should be proud. Uh, hold your head high. <laughs> unsigned text. The the Kessel hype. Is beginning. We'll get to that in just a bit. Is it hype? We'll, we'll touch on it with with Ian McIntyre. Is that an accurate representation? I think hype is well overstating I mean, it. Hype is defined by like people's interest, right? It's it's it's. Please hold. I might use the word in intrigue. Yeah, just like what's going on it's, here. It's you know, intriguing. It, it, it's increasing the brand of the Canucks that that kiss uh, that Phil Kessel is involved. Extravagant or intensive public uh, publicity or promotion. Yeah, there you go. It's increasing the brand of the Canucks. So the the height. Extravagant though, dude. He hasn't even signed yet, 
and people are out of control yet. Who? Who are these people? Have you not seen the inbox over the last 18, 24 hours? It's been out of control. Sure. I we guess. did the post game, finishing up a road trip, three one and one, and it's every text like, where does Phil Kessel fit? What is Phil Kessel gonna do? What can Phil Kessel bring? It was it's and the first text in is Kesselmania. I thought that was written facetiously. No, man. No, man. It is it's hype. Hasn't even signed yet. People are people are fired up. People are waiting to buy Kessel jerseys if he signs. Uh, we'll touch on that with you. You know what? Entire, you know what's gonna have a nice uptick in sales if uh, I'm not. I'm not afraid to. Don't touch oh, the fruit. don't 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 be that guy. I'm gonna be that guy. Say it. We don't censor anyone. Steamers. <sighs> All right. At Rogers Arena. Move it on. It's such a disservice to a professional athlete, like a guy who's an Iron Man. It's his brand. Iron Man. Well, it's not. He, he didn't decide. You want know, one day? You know, it'd be great. If everyone started talking about me and hot dogs, it's not his brand. <laughs> He's made the best of it. He's made the best of it, but. Uh, I can't wait for the Kessel Dog at Steamers. Yeah, I mean, might have to try some rebranding there. <laughs> Every but, Kessel Dog comes in a cup. That'd be great. That'd be great. But I mean, win the cup first before we start. Just a red solo. Things. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Last night, the trio does it again. Dakota Joshua, Connor Garland, Teddy Bluger. Here's what I wanted to ask you: six fifty, six fifty. You're the People Show. Interact into the show. Who's the most important member of that third line? Who who is it to you that he's like? Oh, this is the reason. Like Dakota, and 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 Garland. not just. Oh, no. see, okay, this is why I was gonna say Bluger. Big and, eye, soft and, and not just because of what they do in the third line. I think you have to think of like the entire contribution, right? Special teams plays a role in this. Power play too, having their struggles right now. You know, that's something that Connor Garland features in penalty killing. Well, Teddy Bluger, Dakota Joshua were the first ones over the boards. And they're the ones that That's a different have, line, though. have changed it. But it, it, over, overall contribution, most important member of, of, of just the three guys we're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. I thought you meant on the line yeah. itself. Well, we yeah, we can talk line. about that, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying overall contributions to the team. Teddy. Um, you're, you're, you've now switched it. So well, overall, my, my answer changes overall. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall. It's Teddy. But on that line, it mm-hmm. is Garland. No. He's the straw that stirs that drink. He's the one that makes things happen. And it's not a paper He drives line. that line. He would be a top six mm-hmm. forward on this team if that line wasn't buzzing as much as they are right now. It's a plastic straw. It's a plastic straw. Yeah, it's What's not that a paper mean? straw. What's that Because a paper straw, you know, doesn't have the integrity, structural integrity that Garland does. He's the plastic straw that serves that drink. Heck, you know, you had to explain it, but I, I, I might be on board with that. He's idea. a metal right. straw. Yeah. Okay, for me, it, it's, I think it is blue on that line. Because you need like the safety net of knowing your defensive responsibilities taken care of to go do the things, all the things that that Ben is talking about of hey, being that offensive dynamo. And, and full credit to Connor Garland here. It's, it's twenty points, five on five over the last twenty nine games, and the offensive production is the thing that's it, it's got everyone buzzing right now. And the fact that they tilt the ice in their favor, they're crushing it uh, in the offensive zone, and now Dakota Joshua started to thrive. But I was thinking about this on the way in, and you, you can make a case, I think, for every guy here that obviously the, the, the points are there for Garland. He's clearly driving the line. He's dominating it as far as the offensive role. Joshua, especially last night coming off that Gordie Howe hat trick, the physical presence that he's providing on that line, opening up space for guys. Yeah, Connor Garland stands a foot taller. It's, you know? it's, 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 yeah, it's unbelievable. Like how, how the growth we've seen from Dakota Joshua for a guy who, you know, 
coming into the season, it looked like he was kind of stubbing his toe uh, coming into the season with, with with a rough training camp, you know, early scratch. But here he is, career highs, and he's flipped his plus minus from dash 16 last year to plus 16 this year. So his time in Vancouver, he's even after a bad year last year for, for the team overall. But he's hitting career highs all of a sudden, and this is the profile, and we'll bring it up with Ian McIntyre. We touched on the show last night on the post game. You know, where does Dakota Joshua suddenly rank in the offseason priorities? Because finding guys like this, 6'3", 200, plays with the physicality, decent mobility, one of your best PKers all of a sudden on a unit that over the past 30 games is clicking at about 86%, which is far better than the historically putrid PK we saw last year that was struggling to get to 70. You know, it, it matters. And then, as I mentioned, Bluger for me, it's... Uh, Can I pause? Yeah. While you're talking about Dakota sure. Joshua? Because I'm glad you brought that up. When we were when we were in the, um, the uh, Roussel era... Mm-hmm. Of the Canucks, what did we talk about with with those signings, Roussel Beagle? We said you don't you don't go and sign Roussel, mm-hmm. you don't go reside the Beagles. You sign the guys that turn into those players because they're cheaper, and you can always find guys that'll turn into Beagles, turn into Roussels. Would the Canucks be making a similar mistake signing Dakota Joshua? Oh, you have, you have to go out and find the guy that will turn into Dakota Joshua, not the Dakota Joshua. You know what I mean? Am I to- making sense? No, no, totally viable, right? And especially because I was talking about penalty killing, and I, I do subscribe to the theory that the two things you don't pay for, uh, especially in sports, bullpen and penalty kill. You don't overpay for them. You find them as you go along. They've stumbled into Dakota Joshua, but no one builds their team thinking, hey, we're going to win because of a great penalty kill. It's it's not really how you start to build the team. You you piece it together as you go along. You start with your offensive pieces, centers, the D man, goalie, and then over the time when you're ready to to compete, the penalty kill has to get solved. And that was a big consideration these past off season. Go get penalty killers. You look at all the transactions that they've done. They knew they had to do it. Um, it it's there to protect you in cases of crises. But generally speaking, yeah, you don't overpay for penalty killers. It's a worry. But how many times can you just keep dipping to the well to say, oh, we'll, we'll always figure it out? And one of the concerns I do have, just as you know, human dynamics here, is as guys accomplish the tasks that you're supposed to do for them and you don't reward them, what does it mean for everyone else in the room? And I understand you have to be cold-hearted in the business. You have to make ruthless decisions. I totally get that. But when, when players see that, hey, here's someone who's done everything they can for us, and it's his time to get rewarded, and he's not old. It's not any of these things. He's done everything for this team, and he's followed the steps. He's had to get better. He's gotten career highs. He's won roles. He's he's unseated JT Miller on the PK. It was not an overly high bar to cross, but like that's someone who's got pedigree on the team, and he's unseated him off the or off the penalty kill. He's, take, he's owned a role now, and to not reward him, to me, it would... It, not that it would send a bad message. It's just that if you keep doing it and you're like, oh, but everyone's he, replaceable. Everyone's replaceable. He'll if you, get his money. If you start, no, he'll get his money. I and get he'll it. He'll be rewarded. Of course, yeah. by somebody. Yeah. But if you just treat all the depth guys as replaceable, I, I think that just sends the message of like, oh, everyone's replaceable. Wasn't that our narrative, though, on this very station? Like, not just like two years ago, we were, t- that was but how we talked. Every That's how once, we spoke. Every once in a while, I do think you have to dip into the reward some guys category. Is Dakota that guy? Hey man, you want, look at the growth for for Dakota Joshua. Like, does that from, from whence he came to where he is now? I love but we're not good use of whence. We're, we're not talking about like oh seven million dollars. We're talking about like a, it, it, it'll be 
a reasonable contract. No, term, term, term would be the worry, right? But I, I don't know if you can live in a world where it's just like just churn through replaceable guys and it's, it's just minor erosion every single time. A team I would think about that where we think about cold calculated is like Carolina. Now, they're winning. I get it. Have they won a th- round a game in the third round? What like Vegas? we're talking about Vegas winning Stanley Cups. Winning Stanley it. Cups is what we're talking about. Well, they rewarded like Carlson. One guy. They, they they've rewarded guys. And how now, many they, times they, have they? They've also the been. Shoulder, yeah. They've also been absolutely ruthless. Now the Canucks have been ruthless on like Bo Horvat, Luke Shen. So it, it's it's the give and take. I don't know if you can live in any one reality. You can't reward everyone, and you can't be cold hearted about everyone. But you can dip into both. But if if you just look at what Dakota Joshua has done, uh, huge steps in the right direction. Do you see a fit? Term, cap? Maybe. I mean, I look at Tampa, right? Like Tampa's done a good job at finding guys to fill those bottom six roles. And when they can't keep them, they replace them. And I'm not saying they're as good as their Stanley Cup teams were, but they've done a decent job at trying to fill those roles and Mm -hmm. knowing what type of player to look for that they need to have for those roles. And when they come become unaffordable, they let them go. Yeah, so that, that's what but, I was saying. But they yeah. also do a good job at keeping the guys that they know they need to do. So it's a balance. Mm-hmm. It's not black or white. Now, if it becomes a scenario where Dakota Joshua puts up 44 points and someone's going to re- hand him you know, $18 million, different conversation. But if we're just talking like the right type of contract, I, I'd totally be in the scenario uh, for it. And there's a Don't lot you? of text coming in here about get rid of Mikheyev and keep Joshua. That's all. Uh, 650, 650. Sorry, finish your thought there. But don't you have, um, I'm sorry to say it this way, but like Kuzmenko PTSD? Where you see a guy, he outperforms that wasn't really like a reward. crazy. On... That was like... Of course it was a reward. It was a hey, two-year deal, can't... Dom. That's like, it's... it's. Yeah, but he got his money. It's... Uh, th- th- that's... He was setting himself up for the real contract. Like, he got money, of course. Yeah. Like, he, he got a two-year deal. But that's not like... Oh man, I'm I'm thrilled with this deal. If 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 there was a six year deal in front of Andre Kuzmenko, you don't think that's a contract he, he would have rather had? It was it was setting himself yes. up for the big payday. Yeah. And if, if there's a you know a term Dakota's, contract put out for Dakota Joshua, if we're talking like a four year deal, that's like hey stability in Vancouver. All of a sudden, do you that's, think he's getting four that's years? huge? If he goes puts up forty points, it might get ridiculous on the on the. That's insane to me. Four years. For Three years, Joshua? two mil, I could see. But like we were talking about, like Antoine Roussel got four years. But that was a right? mistake. Like, we know that was a mistake. Tucker Pullman gets four years. Ferland gets four years. Right? Like it, it's been handed out. I'm not saying he should get it here, but the idea that he wouldn't get for a four year contract is not out of the realm of possibility. I hear you. Like Mason Marchment got four years, right? So it, it can happen. It, it, if the market determines that it's going to uh, push it up. It's not a lot Dakota Joshua can do about that. Do you think uh, if, 650, sorry. If they make a good run in the playoffs this year, Dakota Joshua fits a mold that kind of exactly aligns with how Tockett wants to play or wants that third line to play. That's the other thing, right? And so like that comes to my mind in terms of maybe it, as much as Tockett kind of got on Joshua at the beginning of the year for his conditioning, I feel like he wants that type of player. And the Canucks need that physicality and presence up front, not just on the blue line. And he's the only one that kind of provides that. And so I feel like Taka could go to management and be like, hey, we got to keep this guy. But he's the kind of player I think you could find on the open market for cheaper. I don't know if you can find a player like that right now. Big, mobile. Soft hands. Soft hands. PKer. Right? Like, it's, it's really difficult. And again, we're asking who's the most important person on that line or who's the 
most effective contributor to the team right now. A lot of text for uh, Connor Garland. Uh, has to be Gar- Connor Garland. He's tenacious when he's for checking unsigned text. Always appreciate it uh, when you do sign your text, though. 650, 650. Uh, this one, uh, they didn't fall into Dakota. He was doing exactly what he's doing in the AHL with Peoria. Good call on the Canucks scouting staff to have recognized it. Signed him as a free agent. Uh, also, uh, Garland, Joshua, Joshua Bluger are the 11th best Canucks trio at goals per 60. Of these three players, only Garland has been involved in a more efficient trio. Uh, and a, a, a lot of success for, or, or a lot of text for Connor Garland here saying he's the one that carries that line. I just, you guys know me. I'm, I'm pro defense, obviously, here. We know. I, I think having that that safety net, it's like the high wire act. Having the confidence of the safety net below you allows you to be yourself in the offensive zone. Teddy Bluger, like the way he, he times his ability to jump into the plays and is always on top of the puck, that stability of having it there, to me, huge component of what that line is. And every guy just taps into the other guy's strength. It's it's such a fun line, man. I tweeted yesterday, like, I'm going to enjoy in my old age uh, re-watching highlights of the 2023-24 third line. Whoever puts that up on YouTube, tag me in it. Let me know. It's like when Burroughs and Cass used to be on the third line. Remember those days? What, you don't watch those highlights? Yeah. Who doesn't watch those highlights? Who doesn't go back and watch uh, highlights from 15 years ago? I'm going to be pumped. They're scoring highlight real goals. Ooh, 15 years. Yeah, man. You'll get there before you know it. Ooh. In 15 years, you'll get there. Uh, 650, 650. What a uh, Joshua is the fifth most uh, skilled offensive forward on his team. It's not a depth guy. He's a borderline top six guy. Uh, that is uh, unsigned into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. All right. A lot to get to. Uh, we do it on Wednesdays here. I don't know what's coming up. Dom will hit me with uh, fill in the blank. I saw you have a take on this on Twitter. The 49ers firing Steve Wilkes is oh. blank. It's uh, it's it's cold, man. It's cold. I will say the, the, the defense had issues. Okay, They struggled against the Lions. They struggled against the Packers. Found a way to win. They held Patrick Mahomes to one touchdown in regulation, which came off a muff punt. Not even a muff punt. Off the, the guy's foot. Off a recovered punt. That sequence, though, second and 14, and they're playing back, and they just underneath, 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 underneath. And they set up, I think it was second and six, and Kyle Shanahan's running down the, the sideline, calling timeout. That clearly like left a sore taste in uh, Kyle Shanahan's mouth. Sour taste in Kyle Shanahan's mouth. Uh, that that that's cold, but it business man. You don't win the championship, and when their goal was the championship, it's cold. By it's unfortunate. Way, fourth and one. How do you not have a spy on Patrick? Holmes? That's all I'll say. Well, I mean, they're, they're not gonna like. I knew they're gonna back. run. I knew yeah. they were gonna run with Patty. Everyone knew they were gonna really? run. Really? On that play, yeah. Uh, text Kyle Shanahan. Your name could be in the running for. I D- should for DC. Man, that'd be a good race. Uh, breaking your no. This is a. This is close to your heart. Uh, breaking your no retiring jerseys policy for Shaquille O'Neal is blank. Oh man, it's uh, <laughs> it was in Orlando last yeah. year, right? So okay, uh, I gotta give a word here. Breaking my no retirement is uh, hypocritical for sure because I was an Orlando Magic fan. Oh, <laughs> growing up, like outside of the Grizzlies, of course, but massive Penny Hardaway guy. Little Penny commercials, all that. All my shoes were Penny Hardaway growing up. 
And so Shaq and Penny obviously was the big one. So I saw that yesterday and a, a little tear left my eye. Remembering my starter jacket, Orlando Magic, that I left at the playground. I thought a tear left dry because uh, they broke their no retirement ball. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I, I'm not pro retiring jerseys or retiring numbers, but yeah, uh, I, the, you know the, the, that one definitely hit home because I was like, oh man, wow. one those teams, Nick Anderson and oh Nick, all Anderson. that, Is that Birdman. Uh, no, no, you're thinking of Chris Anderson. Chris Anderson. That was Miami Heat yeah. and New Orleans and all those teams. Yeah, I, I knew you'd have a take. Uh, LeBron's legacy would have been blank if he had won a title with Golden State this year. Muddied. Muddied more so than it is now. Because LeBron hasn't, like, he's had super teams, yeah. obviously. But he would have been traded. To but, like, he's been the Golden lead State. dog on a super team. If yeah. you go to Golden State, we're, we're doing the, the, the Kevin Durant conversation. But with, that's not of his LeBron. volition, right? Like, he would have been traded. So does that change? Well, you don't think trade? LeBron would okay to trade to go somewhere? If it's a good enough trade and the owners are like, yeah, let's do it. Right, but LeBron's not getting traded without LeBron's consent. Why? Because he's LeBron James. You know? That's why. He, You're the Lakers. If, if he the wants. Lakers brand is bigger than LeBron. You don't need LeBron's permission. If he permission. wants, he, he's going to put his thumb on every decision basically across the league. If he wants, he's going to have influence on it. I'm not. But it, it would have been muddied if uh, he teamed up with Steph. Clay. Yeah. Trey. Yeah, it just would have been weird. It would have been weird, yeah. But, oh, man, it would have been so intriguing. Mm -hmm. Ben and I were talking about this, the intrigue of that. Outstanding. Steph with LeBron, would it have worked? It'd be great. Oh, definitely. But it would have muddied his total record. Yeah, like, if if he's chasing Jordan, I don't think this helps his I started naming guys Tadami's played with, like Wade, Bosh, Ray Allen, Kyrie, Love, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but he's always been, like... Top dog. Top dog. Like even, and the orchestrator. Yeah. He would not have been here. Yeah. I refute that, too. But when he went to Miami that first it, year, Dwayne, 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 Dwayne Right, right. But they didn't win the first year. Right. It, it required him, mm-hmm. like, the, the, the point. Step aside. Point post, or point, uh, sorry, post guard kind of role. Yeah. Where he started to take over against that, that Boston game six is, like, tattooed in my mind. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He, he had to take that step. I think Wade had to take the step to be like, okay, it's your team. Yeah. It's not my team anymore. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to go as far as you take us, right. obviously. And then Rayon gets the shot and all that. Saves LeBron's Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? Uh, let's switch to hockey. Uh, the Toronto versus the league narrative coming out of TO is blank. Is that a thing? Oh, the league's against us. Oh, that's Five shameful. games for Morgan Riley. Shameful. Oh, my goodness. Chucking wood to a guy's dome. It's like, ah, oh, look at them after us. Like, who is surprised? To be honest, I almost wish they had done longer than six games just for the sake of, like, oh, he might appeal. It's like, oh, yeah. go ahead, do it. What's your argument? Like, an independent arbitrator is going to be like, wait, so you went after this guy for what? Oh, wow. He, 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 he shot into the empty net too hard, 73 miles an hour. And your response was, two hand to the teeth? Yeah. Do you not know the code? <laughs> show me. Show me where is the code. Someone's like, a non-hockey person or like a, a non-sports person looking at a case right now would be like, you attack this guy for scoring a goal? Stop it. Stop By the it. way, uh, Gary Bettman is the lone arbiter of this yes, appeal. Yes, it's five-game suspension. Yeah. The PA appealed. Yes. So I'll be interesting to see what Gary decides. Uh, finally, versus the league. Amazing. Finally, uh, Blank will win Champions League. Uh, oh, man. Madrid. They look so good. 
Uh, I don't know if they do, but uh, okay. I'm just trying not to say Man City. <laughs> I don't think Man City has the legs. A couple injuries. Yeah. Uh, all is out. Uh, who else was out uh, from yesterday? Uh, I think they picked up another injury. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll just, I just don't really want to pick uh, Man City. Same. All right. That's it for fill in the blank. Another good addition. Uh, we'll get to uh, more of your submissions coming into the inbox. I'll uh, pitch it by uh, Ian McIntyre as well. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. Uh, but I do want to highlight this before we go to break. The Giants. On a roll right now. We talked to Manny Viverush last week. Uh, they continued their winning streak. So let's check in now with Nathan Cantor for the Giants report. Another weekend, another four points for the Vancouver Giants. They kept the train rolling with wins over Seattle and Wenatchee, making it eight straight games now without a regulation loss. Their most recent win, an emphatic 7-2 thumping over Wenatchee on Saturday after initially falling behind 2-0 early on, but eventually a run of seven consecutive goals on a night where six players recorded multi-point nights led by two goals each from Connor Levis and Kyron Gronick. Head coach Manny Vivero said after Saturday's win that since the Christmas break, the leadership for the group has really stepped up to the point where a lot of the time the coaches don't need to say anything on the bench the players are saying the right things already themselves. You know, at this stage of the season, they know how we need to play and what we need to do to correct some things. So uh, a lot of times we don't have to say anything at all. We just reinforce it or just support. And then, uh, you know, kind of maybe sometimes reset uh, our group uh, to focus in the right direction. But for the most part, it's all the kids. They're the ones that, uh, you know, do all that. And like I agree with you, over this last stretch or over this last month since uh, since Christmas here, our group has really come together as a group. They've really bonded. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of our leaders are doing a lot of the coaching for us in those situations. Thanks to a record of 11-3-1 since New Year's Day, the Giants are now in a tie for sixth place in the Western Conference with the Kelowna Rockets, with a game in hand, and four more head-to-head games still left on the schedule against Kelowna. More importantly, they're now only seven points back of fourth place with a game in hand on Wenatchee, and seven points back of fifth place with two games in hand on Victoria, and Victoria happens to be their next opponent this evening. And while it's easy to look ahead and see how 4th or 5th are entirely attainable with 17 games still left, Vivero says the team is focusing simply on the game right in front of them. Because if you have one night off in the Western Hockey League, anyone can beat you. There's not an easy game in this league. And it really isn't. If you look at the scores and what's happened over the last little while, whether you're in first place or if you're in last place, if you're not ready to play that night, you're not going to win. And that's something that uh, you know makes this league so good and makes our division so tough. The Giants' busy week starts tonight on the road in Victoria at 7.05 p.m. It continues at home for CMHA night at the Langley Event Center on Friday against the Portland Winterhawks. Then the Giants head to Portland on Saturday to complete the home-and-home finish the season series against the first place team in the conference. Don't forget on Monday, the Giants play two on February 19th. They'll host the Spokane Chiefs at 2pm. That's Family Day, Country Day, presented by Valley West Stampede. Tonight's game in Victoria can be heard right here on the Sportsnet 650 airwaves at 7.05pm with pregame show starting at 6. As always, you can get your Giants tickets at VancouverGiants.com slash tickets. For your Giants report, I'm Nathan Cantor. Catch 
catch up on what happened in Vancouver sports with Halford and Bruff in the morning. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Second half of the People's Show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. We will connect with Ian McIntyre in just a second. Thoughts coming into the inbox, 650-650. This one, it's hard to choose between the three of Dakota Joshua, Bluger, and Connor Garland. I was asking, who's the most important member of that line? Or who contributes the most to the team? Answer either question. 650-650. This one, though, it's hard to choose one of them as the best contributor, but I think Joshua would be the hardest to replace into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Trucker James texting texting in as well. Uh, Don't forget that line was having equally as much success with Suter when Bluger was injured as well. I'd say give Joshua two to three years at two million per max. Bluger, two years, 2.5 max. Uh, that one's coming in from Trucker James to the Dunbar Lumber Tech message inbox. Randy and Langley uh, said, uh, Bick, why you got to make me feel old talking about Burroughs and Kessler when they were on the third line? Uh, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, keep coming in with those texts. Ian McIntyre getting set to join us. A lot to get into, obviously, on that third line. Uh, but also the, the the issues within the top six. Maybe they got something settled right now. I'd like to see a at least to the end of February a run with uh, Lindholm, Pedersen, and Hoaglander. So a decent sample there with Hoaglander scoring the way he is and and trying to materialize some chemistry between Pedersen and. Lindholm. So we'll see that run go all the way to the end of February. But we'll pitch it by Ian McIntyre, who uh, joins us now. The triple threat. Not one, not two, all three threats, tvradio.ca as well with his writing. He is brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment. Ian, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm staying away from the Phil Kessel story. Uh, not that I'm not mesmerized by the idea of a pudgy 36-year-old joining the number one team in the National Hockey League for some unspecified reason. Uh, but it's also my first day off in like 13 days. So. Oh my goodness! And we asked you to come on, Dom. What are we doing? It's his day. Well, off. I didn't tell Dom. Didn't know it. Oh. It was. I don't think he knew it was a day off. Right. Plus, you guys asked me to come on, or Dom asked me to come on on Monday, and I couldn't because I was traveling, and I feel badly. I feel oh. obligated. I feel bad. Dom's. Dom's doing the uh, Mia Culpa hand up behind the glass, so uh, we, we feel awful here. Uh, no, but... don't. Don't. It's always nice to be on with you, Bic. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Well, we'll start you out uh, here of, of kind of what we've been talking about uh, so far to begin the show. And, you know, all three members are, have been fantastic contributors on that third line. And I'm kind of asking two questions here of um, who, who's the most important member of that line? Like, why does it make it go? And also, who's been the most valuable contributor on the team as a whole? Of, of those three. All right. I will answer that. But to my earlier point that I'm ignoring the Phil Kessel story, it doesn't mean I'm ignoring it with you, Bick. Oh, I have okay. thoughts if you want to ask. Well, me. I was, I was but, only going to ask the one question. Otherwise, I deleted half my rundown after I said <laughs> that. But on the third line, uh, well, Connor Garland seems to be the guy with the puck uh, all the time. And he seems to be driving that line and, and making it work. So 
I would say Garland, but part of the reason that it's such uh, an interesting line is, and part of the reason I think it's such an effective line, that maybe is the more important point, is that you can make the case for each of those three yeah. players because they're all so complementary. They're all so different from one another, but you put them together as talk it did, and and you know, bam, you have this chemistry, and the the three of them find each other so well on the ice. You know, talk it uses the word connected, and you can really see it in those guys uh, when they're especially in the offensive zone. It, it would be great to watch a whole shift where uh, they're they're connected by lines. So it's like a moving triangle wherever the three of them go because they're never that far apart and, and they just seem to have a great rapport. But I would say, you know, Garland is, is the playmaker and he has the puck a lot. Dakota Joshua is, you know, a big uh, power forward and there's not many guys who have the the total package that he has for for size, power, physicality, and the skill to play with good players. And I think I would say the most underrated member of the line is Teddy Bluger, mm-hmm. because he's just uh, Bluger is a pros pro. You know, when I asked Patrick Alvin a month ago of all the signings, all the moves he's made, is there one that kind of you know gives him the most satisfaction? He he singled out Teddy Bluger because of his professionalism and, and what Alvin said is the way that Bluger gets ready every day, whether it's a game or a practice, and how important that is as an influence on, on the rest of the team. So they're all, they're all having a, a fabulous season. I went back and looked last night, and since I think it was December 3rd is when they started to score. But whatever the last 29 games are, they each have 20 points in the 29 games. And that included a recent lull. You know, the, mm-hmm. the three games going into the All-Star break and the three games coming out, uh, that line didn't get anything on the board offensively, but they're still 20 points each in the last 29 games. So pretty remarkable for a third line. And for, and for guys, really, if you think about it, there was so much uncertainty and conjecture about Connor Garland basically since he came here from Arizona. He says himself that the trade rumor started as soon as he arrived in Vancouver. But then, of course, the story on the eve of this season that he was willing to, to take a trade if the Canucks wanted salary cap relief and they could find a, find a taker for him. Uh, and then you have Teddy Bluger, who uh, is, I guess he's a journeyman, but you know, wasn't wasn't able to to crack the Vegas roster that won the Stanley Cup was a healthy scratch in the final, but is still trying to show at this stage of his career, and he's in mid career now, I would say, that he's something more than just a a fourth line penalty kill guy, and he's showing that for Vancouver. And then you have Dakota Joshua, a healthy scratch earlier in the season a guy that Alvin took a flyer on signing him to a one-way deal uh, after he'd had very limited NHL experience with St. Louis. This was two summers ago. And it looks like right now found money. And they're actually going to have to find some money if they want to keep him. But he's, he's a great story as well. So 
I think it's I think it's a line that people can relate to mm-hmm. somehow, which is part of the reason they're so popular. Well, it's been mentioned a lot too by by Patrick Alvin of of their. Uh, reason that they like Teddy Bluger so much is is the long path that he took to get to the league and and that dedication to to stay focused and uh, I look at another player on the roster who probably embodies that too is Noah Juleson right like he, here's someone that like a first round pick in 2015 which I mean doesn't feel like it's a long time ago it's nine years ago and he's he's skied past his uh, season's best as far as games played now the this season and here's someone that's you know had to wait for his opportunity for so long plying his trade in Laval and just waiting to to get a regular opportunity and now he just feels like this guy who's just uh it'll feel weird sometimes when he's not in the lineup well we know how conflicted talk it is when he has to take Juleson out of the lineup because he explained that when Susie came back from his last injury how it, it basically Juleson doesn't deserve to come out but he's coming out <laughs> and and he hasn't done anything since he got back in with with Susie's next injury to show that he should come out, he's he's a guy I think now is an NHL player and and had literally years in the wilderness because you know Montreal fast tracked him, which probably wasn't um, the best thing for him, and he played a lot in his early on in Montreal uh, and then wasn't good enough and started playing more in the minors and basically got stuck in the minors and. And now he's gotten a chance to play regularly for the first time since that rookie season that he had with the Canadians. And he's so much more, and I've talked to Noah uh, about this, he feels so much more prepared now to be an everyday NHL player than he was back then, not long after uh, his draft. And, you know, I don't know that he's a top six defenseman on this team when they're healthy. I, I don't think he is. But I also don't think he is uh, an American Hockey League player anymore. So he's going to be drawing his paycheck in Vancouver from now to the end of the season, whether that's as a seventh or an eighth, uh, or whether that's as a six or even a five at, at some point. Uh, he's shown that he he can handle himself just fine in the NHL. Uh, we got a listener text I want to throw by you. Um, sure. A, a question from iMac. Uh, does the third line remind you of the Bonino line when the Penguins won the Cup? Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit. I would say I would say the... the a little less speed on it, but... Yeah, I would say the, the there's real... There's really interesting comparables between Bonino and, and Bluger as centers. Because mm-hmm. Bonino was a guy... You know, you just mentioned, Bick, how, you know, Bluger had his journey. He had to work so hard uh, to to get to this point and earn his opportunities. And Benino was a guy who kind of came into the league as more of an, he was projected to be more of an offensive guy, but he found, he found his calling uh, as Manny Malhotra did before him uh, as, as this kind of two-way defense first, smart, responsible center that you could play against anybody. And I think that's what Bluger uh, is moving towards. And maybe he's there already, but I think there's comparables. I think there's comparables in that way. What, what I see just as, as a third line is that the Canucks now have, have I was going to say nine forwards who can score, but then you think about what Niels Hoaglander has done this year, and most of that has been from the fourth line. 
and you see Sam Lafferty, and Lafferty had a good long run uh, up in the top six earlier in the season, but for the most part is a fourth-line player, and he's, in, he's double figures in, in goals. What they have is legitimate scoring depth. You hear it so often that it just becomes this kind of uh, empty calorie mantra about we need more scoring depth, we need scoring depth, and every team before the trade deadline is looking for another guy to, quote, provide scoring depth. The Canucks actually already have mm -hmm. the scoring depth, which to me is part of the reason I'm having a hard time understanding the, the flirtation with Phil Kessel because they don't, you know, they're just fine at the bottom of the lineup. If, if Kessel's going to make a dent, presumably it has to be in the top six, and I don't think that's within his capabilities anymore. Uh, if, if the Canucks make another move between now and the trade deadline, I think it's to find another guy, uh, probably a winger, who can play in, in the top six. The bottom six, the Canucks have... Uh, I want to... Mm, it's going to sound maybe a little hyperbolic, but they have championship depth right now. You know, if you have a third line that can can produce at an annual rate of in the 50, 50s points mm -hmm. per guy, like that third line is doing right now, that's that's championship depth. There's a lot of teams that have won a cup without having that much potency from the third line. And then, of course, there's the fourth line guys that I've mentioned as well. So they've got, uh, they're great in the bottom half of the lineup. And I've said before, you know, we're kind of getting used to this now, but still the, the single biggest surprise versus what we thought the issues or the questions might be about this team is how much they have gotten out of the guys at the bottom of their lineup, both at forward and on defense. You referenced a bit earlier about you know how much someone like Dakota Joshua might get paid eventually, and we were kind of briefly touching on it. And, and my point was earlier that you know at some point you do kind of have to reward your guys, just as a message to everybody else, like, yeah, we want to be cutthroat and we have to make certain decisions, but we can't keep asking everyone to do everything when when there won't be a reward. And and, and just as far as human dynamics go, it, it feels nice to to reward some people around you. Is, is there a difference between rewarding your depth players? And, and giving them contracts then it was the, then what we've seen where they brought in external depth guys and it was like oh go learn our system like these guys have come through here in Vancouver and, and done the task and it feels like it should be okay to reward Bluger and Joshua yeah I I understand what you're saying Vic but I think it's just the way the business is you know mm -hmm. the the middle class we know that the middle class of players is the one that's been squeezed there's going to be more money than ever literally poured on the players at the top of the lineup and you have minimum salaries that you have to pay to get guys at the bottom of the lineup. So, so teams who have those high price guys at the top out of necessity have to, have to kind of backfill with entry level guys. And that's why it's hard to keep uh, players for the bottom half of your lineup. If it means paying them instead of, you know, eight, I think it's eight fifty that, Dakota Joshua is making, let's say, paying paying him two and a half million. That, that's tough unless he's going to play higher up the lineup. And in Joshua's case, that's quite possible. Mm -hmm. And he might, you know, in my mind, that would be a pretty good investment if, if you get him now, because you know, who knows if he becomes a a twenty or twenty five goal scorer in this league and continues to play with the power element, maybe his 
his AVV at some points can be a lot higher than than two million or two and a half million. So I, I agree with you. It, these guys have, and almost universally, like it's hard to find anybody who hasn't at least met expectations, if not exceeded them, from the point when the Canucks acquired them or signed them. Uh, nine guys in in the in the lineup last night. Include if you include backup Casey DeSmith, are UFAs. You can't you can't keep all nine. I would hope, I would hope that they'd try to prioritize, and keep three or four of them. I mean Ian Cole, playing on a one year deal has has been terrific. Tyler Myers, who uh, a lot of us were just wondering if if he was going to actually be able to finish his contract in Vancouver, and then they would get him off the books. Well, he's He's still, you know, a pretty handy and capable NHL defenseman when you see the structure around him. He's, he's important. Teddy Bluger that we talked about, Dakota Joshua, Casey DeSmith. You know, there's lots of guys who are deserving. There's no way that they can afford to, to keep them all. But uh, I would hope that they'd be able to at least keep a few of them that they they decide they just can't part with. Uh, we'll let you go on this one. Another one from the text inbox, uh, Thomas and White Rock, who says, is it still considered championship depth when the first two lines are not producing as much as the third line? Now, I'll read that tongue-in-cheek because clearly Pedersen, Miller, they're up at 70 points. Brock's got 30 goals this year. So I, I think I understand the sentiment because here recently there's been a couple of struggles for the top six and, and there's been so much enjoyment out of that third line. But if you're looking at the top six, uh, what is the biggest issue? Well, they're they're just off their game right now. That's that's the biggest problem. Even without adding or subtracting anybody from the lineup, the the guys that they have, you know, JT Miller uh, admits that he hasn't played to his capabilities for a while. Uh, Pedersen has been been good, and I don't want to say bad because I don't think he's been bad, but he's been good and not quite as good in a lot of games. Brock uh, has gone very quiet. And, you know, that's not a surprise as a goal scorer. They tend to be streaky, and he was so hot early in the year that he was due a cold spell. Uh, Elias Lindholm, who's kind of gotten a free pass to this point, has, eh, hasn't looked bad, but he hasn't looked like the guy who's going to, say, put them over the top. But he's a, great, he's, a, he's a great two-way player. Collectively, all these guys have another level that they need to they need to find that they need to to play at if this team is going to to challenge uh for anything come playoff time i would i would remind people though like if you go back and look at the vegas golden knights when they won the stanley cup last year okay yes they have they had jack eichel but it was the the depth in the lineup the evenness of their lineup I mean, Jonathan Marcheseau ended up being the Conn Smythe winner. I'm not sure he had a point uh, in the first round. Like, he, he didn't get going until the second round, halfway through the second round, and then was fantastic uh, from then on. Uh, you had somebody like Nicholas Roy on the fourth line at center. He's a guy who had played in the top six on the wing at various points. But for the playoffs, they went with their four strongest centers, and nobody could could match them. But they weren't, you know, it wasn't individual wizardry. They didn't have a hundred point guy, and even their their 
they have excellent defense, of course. But you know, is is Petrangelo in the same class as as Quinn Hughes and his effect on the game? No, no, not even close. He's a great defenseman, but not even close. So the Canucks have a lot here. Uh, I don't think there's any question that they have enough. Uh, I'm not saying enough to win. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. They have enough to win some games in the playoffs, to win some playoff rounds. They just have to have everybody on top of their game at the same time. And right now, a bunch of their guys, and Talkett is references, a bunch of the guys are not on top of their games at the moment. Uh, fire up the hot tub, get the feet up. Uh, the day off continues for you, iMac. Thank you very much. All right. Making dinner tonight for Valentine's Day. Oh, massive, massive. Uh, enjoy the night. All right. That's Ian McIntyre. Thanks for having me on, Vic. Absolutely, as always. Uh, he's the triple threat television radio.ca. You can read his takeaways uh, that were posted up today over at sportsnet.ca. He is brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment. Be a champion on the work site. Find them together online at dleamc.com. And he joined us on the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. The first call, the only call. That's all we got here today on the People's Show. Thanks for all the effort into the inbox, 650-650, competing to get your text read on the air. Appreciate that. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow on a Canucks game day. They host Jake Wallman. Gritty. Not gritty like from Philly. The gritty uh, coming in from uh, Detroit. Dom's doing the gritty behind the glass. Never again, Dom. Never again. That was a... Uh, like an a two out of ten. Sorry, I'll, I'll crip walk <laughs> the, for you next. The, 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 that was a two out of ten. That was like the weekend of uh, halftime performances of uh, gritty attempts oh, there. Okay, there's no time. Don't get it. <laughs> That's why I did it. You can't say anything. We got to go. Uh, overrated, underrated on the way for Canucks Central. Dan Riccio, Satyar Shaw. Next here, home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650.